you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. Yeah, and welcome back after a dramatic day today. We have news out of Carson City. We'll tell you about that in a minute. But I'm Wayne Coy, host of Locked on A's. Happy to have you here. And, of course, if you're a first-timer, we want to know that. Put it in the comments down below. If you're an everydayer, love to hear from you as well. And just comments in general, always good as we grow the channel. On YouTube, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do that, uh, at Locked on A's. Okay, today's episode is brought to us by FanDuel. And FanDuel's got something very special for you. If you're a new customer, you can make every moment more with FanDuel. A $5 winning bet gets you $150 in bonus bets. $5 bet, $150 in bonus bets. And all you got to do is win with that $5 bet. So do that today. You can get all the details. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can get started. Some good football tonight. We were watching the... uh, the Chargers, boy, Khalil Mack is just a machine, isn't he? And as a Raider fan, it's tough watching him play for somebody else. But uh, yeah, move on. Hey, Raiders played pretty well this this week, and, and that's what happens when you have a new head coach that isn't Josh McDaniels. Okay, this is a baseball podcast, so let's get to it. Uh, today, more off-the-field stuff in Carson City, and if you've been following the bouncing ball, you know all about schools over stadiums. That's uh, a teacher's group, a PAC based in Nevada, that have pretty much said, look, we feel that the money that's been allotted to John Fisher and the A's to build their stadium in Las Vegas could be put to better use, and we're not okay with that kind of money going to a billionaire owner of a sports team, so let's put it on the ballot and let the people of Nevada decide. Well, um, consensus is, from most, that should that happen, it would more than likely end up being that the voters decide not to give that money to the A's to build their stadium, despite what happened with the legislature uh, back in uh, May and June. So today, Carson City, a hearing to determine whether or not their initiative uh, was going to be able to move forward. And that's based on their petition that they filed for a referendum that would be on the 2024 November ballot in the state of Nevada and it didn't go their way. Schools over stadiums take one on the chin, and the win goes to the lobbyists, the people that were uh, responsible for the lawsuit, and right standing behind them, of course, the labor unions, the builders unions, and most specifically the Oakland A's with their friends, the Las Vegas Review Journal, who, if you look at their coverage of what happened today, just proves my point again, and I know we've gotten into this in the comments section before, but you kind of can't hide it anymore, okay? First of all, there's that damn rendering again. You know, the one that has nothing to do with reality, the one that the A's themselves told you to ball up and wad up and throw away. Remember that rendering? And I've said over and over again that the idea that they're using that in the newspaper, or for those who don't read a newspaper, which would be everybody, their online editions, to continue to use that image is not just misleading, it's propaganda. That's exactly what it is, and guess what? That's exactly the picture that's being used in their story today. Uh, 
And the headline uh, also pretty out there. It basically says Oakland A's score legal win in Las Vegas Stadium public funding battle. It'd be an accurate headline. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's pretty much describing exactly what happened today in Carson City. Uh, but what it doesn't say is, oh, by the way, the picture that's right below the headline has nothing to do with reality whatsoever at all. But yet we're going to continue to show it to you, just like we continued to show it to the legislators in Carson City before, you know, before their vote, all during that entire special session, over and over and over again. And here it is again today. I'm not the only one. There's many of us who've stepped up and said, stop it, okay? But obviously the RJ really is either not paying attention or they just don't care or they do care, and this is part of their agenda. I might go with the last one. And I, I think it's also important to mention that in the Review Journal's article today describing the outcome of what happened in Carson City, there wasn't one mention of the fact that the Review Journal are in fact lobbyists behind this as well. So that I think needs to be made really clear and it should be made public for everybody to know and understand. The RJ is in on it with the A's, with the legislators. They're all part of that same team and the unions, especially the, the two uh, people that brought the lawsuit, the plaintiffs, uh, both of them are active union people who uh, have have basically made a career of doing what they did today, which is lobby and then get a judge to vote in their favor. So at least round one goes against schools over stadiums. And how did they take it? Well, their reply is, when you take on billionaires, it's never easy. While the decision is disappointing, it's not uncommon. Educators overcome obstacles every day, especially in a state that's ranked 48th in the nation. We're undeterred, and we're still committed to giving Nevada voters the opportunity to decide whether their tax dollars are used to subsidize a billionaire's stadium. Schools over stadiums will appeal the decision to the Supreme Court and or, very important, refile the referendum petition. As the judge pointed out, there's plenty of time before the signature deadline in July of 2024. We remain confident Nevada voters will choose schools over stadiums next November. And that's their press release that was uh, put out right after today's vote that didn't go their way. Interestingly enough, the, the judge that heard the case actually made the statement. He said, well, personally, I choose schools over stadiums. However, and basically this all came down to legalese. Um, the argument that the plaintiffs were making is that this was confusing and somehow uh, wasn't going to be clear or factual when put in front of the voters. Saying almost that the Nevada voters were, I mean, I'm going to stop shy of this, but the, 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 uh, the idea that they put forward was that Nevada voters weren't very smart. Okay. Inference, I think was the word I was looking for. Sometimes you find the word, sometimes, sometimes you don't. Okay. Inference. Yeah, that's the word. I think they were inferring that. Um, you know, they, they said that the entire bill had to be there based on the Constitution, even though it's a 200-word limit on the application. So I, I don't understand it all, and, and I think that that's 
that's just proving the point of the plaintiffs, which is that they feel anyway that uh, it's confusing and uh, murky. Bottom line is they don't want it on the ballot, period. That's the bottom line because they know what will happen. Yeah, it's going to get turned over. If it gets on the ballot, I'll bet you a million dollars. I don't have a million, but if I did, I'd bet you every penny I have that if this thing got on the Nevada ballot, the majority of voters are going to vote it down. The A's know that. The lobbyists know that. The Review Journal knows that. I'm sure the judge knows that. So they've got the two options. They can either take it to the Supreme Court or they can refile their petition. Obviously, keeping in mind everything the judge said they didn't do this time around. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. My, my gut tells me that the Supreme Court might take too long and that it would just be quicker to go back, fix everything that they said was an issue, make sure you've dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's and do it again. But we'll have to wait and see because obviously they haven't made an announcement yet which way they're going to go. And again, according to the press release, it's an either-or situation, right? And or refile the referendum petition. So we'll just have to wait and see. But that's Alexander Marks from Schools Over Stadiums. Big deal today in Carson City, Nevada. Now, that's not the only big deal. There's a big deal in Oakland. It's happening tomorrow. I'll tell you about that. But first, I got to let you know what's happening with FanDuel. They want you to get into the game. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And they've got a great offer for you. You put in a $5 first-time bet, money line bet. That's the easiest bet there is. You're going one way or the other. And you win that $5 bet, and you are going to get $150 in bonus bets for your efforts if you're a new customer. And you can do that today. A big bunch of betting options are available to you. You pick the one you want, whether it's player props or you want to bet the money line, you can do that. Spreads, of course, are there for you. Uh, the overs, the unders, all of that. It is so much fun. And you can get involved the easiest way possible, which is the FanDuel app. Even somebody like me can understand it, okay? That's how easy it is. So download the app. And when you do that, make sure that you use this code. You ready? It's, of course, FanDuel.com. When you get there, slash locked on. That's how you get there for the NFL season and for this great deal from our buddies at FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. Have some fun with FanDuel. Well, we're going to have some fun in Oakland tomorrow. And I don't know if you'd heard, but yeah, there's a little little thing happening. There's going to be a a, a press conference. But beside that, the uh, three-headed monster, the city council, the Port of Oakland, and the mayor's office, all three kind of coming together as one. Rebecca Kaplan put together the, uh, the language. And then we'll see uh, if, indeed, that resolution gets passed. Uh, you know, I've already said once on the show that if I were a betting man, but I believe this thing's going to pass. In fact, I, I think it'll be unanimous. Now, there may be, it is Oakland, so there might be one or two votes going the other way, but I don't think so. And what the resolution basically says is like, look, this is everything we've done up to this point to get Howard Terminal finished. And it wasn't us that walked away from the table. It was John Fisher and the A's. They're the ones who chose to go to Las Vegas instead of Oakland. So this serves two purposes. One is it's a history lesson. Two, it's a united front. And with all the fans that are expected to be there, they're going to show up tomorrow. I think the cell shirts and the stay shirts are going to be in abundance. I know the Oakland 68s are going to be there. But obviously a good show out and show up is what they're looking for. 
They want to be able to get all of that energy and all of that inertia together at one time. And when you don't have baseball games where you can go and, and chant and all of that, um, this is a good opportunity for A's fans to be able to have their voice heard. Not only A's fans, but uh, the people there in Oakland that are involved with city council. And they'll have that uh, tomorrow afternoon. And again, a uh, press conference, I think, precedes the, the actual uh, session itself. So we'll be watching. I think they're live streaming it. We'll find it on the internet, take a look, and certainly report tomorrow and let you know uh, what came of all of that. So there's there's plenty to talk about regarding the A's, whether it's this thing today in Carson City or tomorrow's rally in Oaktown. There's also, beyond that, of course, an owner's meeting that happens one week from tomorrow. And that'll be in Arlington, Texas. And it's it's pretty much assumed that the relocation vote for the A's to be able to go to Las Vegas with a majority of the owners voting, 75% of the owners have to agree and say yes, that the relocation is okay. It's expected that that's exactly what will happen. And then it's still not a done deal. Obviously, there's still a potential challenge from schools over stadiums if they um, you know, put another petition together and submit that or they go to Supreme Court. That's certainly the biggest challenge. It's the one that's got Rob Manfred and, and MLB, I think, a bit nervous, and rightfully so. But uh, it's, a, it's a big hill to climb, and we'll just have to wait and see how, how that uh, plays out. Now, the other thing that Oakland can achieve tomorrow with a, a great showing is to be able to take that and show that to MLB and say, well, look, if you're going to take the A's away, at least understand what kind of baseball market Oakland is and can be and has been. And we want you to keep that in mind when you're ready to start thinking about expansion because that's going to be next. They, they Remember, they said, we got to get the Rays and the A's taken care of. One way or the other, they've got to have a, a stadium solution or know where they're going to be in 2024. And once that's happened, well, then at that point, we want to start talking about expansion. And you hear a lot about Nashville, and you've heard a lot about Orlando and Salt Lake City, but you can't turn your back on Oakland, who's had a baseball team there for 55 years. Obviously, we'd like the A's to stay. I have said before that I think in a perfect world, it's a win for the A's fans. It's, I guess, a win for the A's as well. If that organization's able to relocate, that's what they want to do. So I say, well, you know, if that is the eventuality, and if that is what happens, the first option would obviously be to sell and stay. I mean, that's, don't get it twisted. That's what we want. Should for some reason that not happen and the A's do in fact move to Las Vegas, then where are they going to play in 2025, 2026, 2027, maybe even 2028? Well, Oakland has said that they would uh, consider potentially, and remember this is, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but they would consider potentially extending the lease with a caveat. And that caveat be that the A's do in fact get an expansion team that Oakland does, excuse me. And mayor Sheng Tao has said, many agree that uh, a Cleveland Browns type situation where the name of the team and the uniforms and the colors and all of the trademarks stomp or two stay in Oakland. And the expansion team becomes the new version of the Oakland A's. Meanwhile, John Fisher's team that's moved to Las Vegas gets rebranded 
which to be truthful with you, living here and just taking the temperature from the people that I run into. And I know we've heard from some people in Las Vegas who say, oh, no, uh, Las Vegas is perfect for the A's and we want the A's and can't wait till they get here. There is no discernible interest whatsoever in this city for the Oakland A's to be here. Now, they might want Major League Baseball, and certainly they'd probably love a stadium, although locals more than likely would not want it to be where it's going to probably end up being. Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard, not a good spot for a local because you're going to the Strip. and We don't like to do that unless your cousin's in town, and then you put your head down and you go. It's like living in Orlando. You probably don't live at Disney World and you find yourself there, whether you like it or not, a couple of times a year, right? Well, it's kind of like that in Vegas too. But again, uh, a new identity for the team, just like the Aces who are here now, they they weren't always the Aces, okay? And the Golden Knights, of course, were born here. They're, they were uh, not just a uh, an expansion team. They were a brand new franchise. I mean, there was no legacy whatsoever. So with the A's, I mean, obviously, whatever product's been on the field is what would move here. But I think new colors, new identity, new name, and like the Cleveland Browns, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, you moved and we're giving you the opportunity to move. We're approving your relocation, but we're telling you that you got to leave that identity where it's been for 55 years. I don't think it's too much to ask. I don't think it's wrong at all, but we'll find out. Well, there's more going on beside that. We've got a celebration today because one of our favorite Oakland A's of all time has got the gig that everybody said he was sort of born to to have, which is he is going to be a bona fide, real-life Major League Baseball manager, even though he has no managerial experience and the he in question. You believe in him, and I do too. Stephen Vogt, congratulations to Stephen. He is the new manager of the Cleveland Guardians, replacing Terry Francona, who had a nice long run there. So congratulations to Stephen. You know, our son actually went to uh, the same school uh, in Southern California, Azusa Pacific, that Stephen went to. And definitely a role model kind of guy, great with the players, wonderful work ethic, has fun. And I think that's why you saw that fan base, especially those bleacher creatures, just always throw their arms around Stephen Vogt when he played for the A's and he did play the bulk of his career in Oakland. So who knows, maybe he goes to Cleveland, gets the experience and then at some point comes back home uh, to manage the A's. That would be kind of cool, right? Well, besides uh, Stephen Vogt, free agency has indeed begun. And uh, will the A's sign any free agents? I mean, probably, probably not. Had a couple of players that uh, opted or elected for free agency, Tony Kemp and uh, Drew Rosinski. And that's it. That's actually a short list for the A's if you look at what they've done over the last, you know, five or six years when it comes to free agents. Usually it's half the roster, but when nobody signed to a contract, period, it's pretty pretty uh, explainable, right? Uh, okay, let's take a, a look at the 15, that's right, I said it, 15 former A's that are current free agents. Can you believe that? I mean, you could feel pretty much a team, right? I mean, you could get close. Third of the roster, at least. Okay, Matt Chapman, third baseman, and the number seven ranked free agent. Fuji, Shintaro Fujinami from the Baltimore Orioles. Jake Diekman, Frankie Montas. Rumors? Maybe there's a free agent signing right there. 
Maybe Frankie comes home. Frankie say, relax. No, Frankie say, Oakland. That'd be all right. I like that guy. Sonny Gray, another guy I really like, and he is the uh, number three ranked free agent, former athletic, of course, as is Elvis Andrus, Liam Hendricks, Robbie Grossman, Jesse Chavez. Now, I know that's going back a minute. Andrew Chafin, who we just talked about on our episode on Friday, which is, uh, you know, one of our faves of all time for no other reason than his facial hair and his I just fell out of bed baggy wrinkled uniform. He's a lunchbox kind of guy. I like him. Sean Manaya, like a lot to like there too. Uh, is it weird seeing him in a Giants uniform? Yeah. Padres was weird too. I think Sean Manaya is another person that if we could afford him or if John Fisher to save face and prove that, hey, you know what? I spend money on my team. I, really, my nose is growing. I, I can feel it. No, you don't. You cheap son of a... Anyway, <clears throat> Manaya probably not likely. In fact, most of these players are pretty much not likely, let's be honest. Drew Pomeranz and rounding out the list, Jerks and Profar. Okay, there's 15 former athletics that are going to be free agents. Top five free agents, of course, Shohei, topping the list. He could be really one through five if he wanted to be. Blake Snell, number two. Uh, three, we talked about Sonny Gray. Number four, Aaron Nola, heck of a pitcher. And number five, the guy does nothing but win, right? Cody Bellinger. So those, those are your top five. We'll see what happens with free agency, but it all starts in earnest and everywhere else besides earnest today. Um, beyond that, beyond the free agency and the meeting in Oakland and Stephen Vogt, there isn't really a whole lot other than what I kind of let you have a little bit of a taste of earlier, which is that, you know, look, I've been honest. I'm not happy with the way this thing's going at all and for stated reasons. But when I see that, that rendering again by the Las Vegas review journal, it's just, it's irresponsible propaganda is what it is. And duh, they're part of the lobbyists that were in court today. I mean, they're part of that team. So Mick Akers, no shame. And I understand editorial decision, which picture to use isn't necessarily the guy who wrote the article. But I think he's got a phone, right? Could, he's got a computer. He could say, hey, let's not use that picture because it's bullshit, okay? Let's not do that. But no, let's just run it again. It's worked before. Let's just keep using it. Oh, until we get the new ones, which will be any minute now. Set your watch, especially after today's verdict in Carson City. That kind of smooths the path, you know, for them to start start acting like they own it or they think that they're going to get the vote that they're supposed to get at the owners meeting to be able to move. I think they probably took that victory uh to heart and it who could blame you if you're the A's, right? You're feeling like, "All right, that's something that maybe the other owners were worried about, but now maybe not so much." So tomorrow should be good because we're going to obviously recap everything that happened at Oakland City Hall. And I hope if you're an A's fan and you're in the Bay Area that you do show up. Show up and show out. That's the way to uh, to make a statement. So do that. Before the week's over, we'll have the Summer of Cell documentary people here on the podcast, which should be fun. Looking forward to that. And moving managers, I guess we should take a second and talk about that. So not only did uh, Stephen Vogt get the job with Cleveland, but Craig Council, you're going to say, went to the Mets. 
No. Even though that dance was going on pretty publicly and it seemed like a shoe in Craig Council is going to be the new manager of the Chicago Cubs who had a manager, right? Can you believe that? Well, it's true. So that means that uh, Carlos Mendoza, who's a Yankees bench coach, is probably the name now that we're going to hear the most. In fact, I think it might already be a done deal that he's going to be the new manager of the Mets, right? Craig Council to the Cubs, Stephen Vogt to Cleveland. What about Mark Kotze? Well, he's the A's manager last I checked, but it, they did say he was in the mix for the Mets opening. I think possible maybe the Astros to replace Dusty Baker. That could be a convo. And Buck Showalter says, hey, I want to manage the L.A. Angels. What do you think about that? Well, here's what I think about this. You've been here this whole time. I'd love it if you could give us one of these. Thumbs up. How's that look there? there you go. Yeah, give us one of those. That means you like the channel. More importantly, that like spreads the channel. So that's how we grow this thing. Can't do it without you. So I hope that you'll do that. Subscribe, of course, so that uh, when we drop a new episode, you'll be the first to know. And we love your support there as well. Okay, tomorrow, back at it again with another episode of Locked on A's. My name is Wayne Coy. We're going to get together again. I know that we are, and hopefully that'll be tomorrow. But until the next time, you keep on swinging.